It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP news fans? It's Amber Bradley, podcast extraordinaire, back cash day. It's casual day. I didn't, I didn't tell you that, John. But we're stoked to continue our series in other news, which is, I, it might be my favorite. I don't know. Because we got the CIA guy back, John Franchi. I know that's not your official title, but everyone's loving your updates, dude. Thanks. I, I, it's a casual fr- I should have like worn my Hawaiian shirt or something. <laughs> well, you're um, in Vegas. So you're like speaking in true. Vegas at these top secret situations. Like we, that's why we had to like not oh. say where you are covert location. But you, but you said Vegas. So then I mean, so much for that. <laughs> I mean, how big is that? That's really not so big. Anyway. Good luck finding Franchi in Vegas. Yeah. Um, there you go. All right, man. I read your last update. And if you would like John's update, I'm going to put the contact information in the show notes. We're still doing that? Maybe? <laughs> sure. Whatever. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> if you want to contact John, I'm going to put that in the show notes because there we go. he's That's available right. for consulting and other I'm a t- ingenious I'm a talker. Things. I'm a talker. That's <laughs> so, okay. What is going on? I read the last update and I'm like, oh my God. We're all should just have a mass suicide. Is that the it's case? It's all done. Yeah, it's all done. Just take yeah. your riddle in and just like go to the beach and jump. jump so off you talked about fentanyl. So what fentanyl. in the hell is yeah. going on? It's whole, I mean, again, I, I didn't realize. I mean, I guess I knew that it was a problem, but it seemed to be one of those things that we kind of pushed to the side. And it's like, OK, we'll deal with it. It's a drug issue, but we're not really going to focus on it. And the more people I started speaking with, the more they were telling me about this how central this has become an issue for us it is and it is horrific um you know and nation states are actually leveraging this to really kind of undercut us and our our society from inside so we're eating at at ourselves hundreds i think it's hundreds of people are dying a day from this from this crisis and it's not gonna it's not getting any better you know and it's one of those things it's funny when i was overseas i was in yemen um you know, they have this thing called cot, which you chew and it gives you a buzz. And it's, you know, in, in Yemen every day at four o'clock, the, the place shuts down. Everybody goes and chews the cot and gets a buzz. So if you ever want to take over Yemen, I don't know why you'd want to do that. But if you ever want to take over Yemen, four o'clock, that's the witching hour, right? It's a good time to go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, and, but you get to see kind of the impact of legalization of, of drugs, so to speak, on a society over a long period of time and the impact it has not only on the society, but the environment and, and a whole host of other things. And I remember but that to was that when... point, though, don't you think so that so your your uh, example about the cot is kind of like how I think we're going when they are legalizing marijuana and mushrooms yep. and all of that. Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, because we start saying we start justifying it to ourselves. Okay, well, it's already, you know, easily accessible. We might as well get some money out of it. Let's get some tax benefits and then we can use those to help and leverage it. To me, it's a slippery slope when you start going down that road. Look, I'm I'm not Pollyannish about like how how life works and you know people using drugs and things like that. But to me, as you start justifying, as you start legalizing things, especially for children, and they start seeing that, it takes them down these roads where we could lose control over it. Again, I'm not trying to say every kid who's ever done marijuana is going to do fentanyl, not at all. But it's and. You know, these this the fentanyl crisis has a lot of other complicating factors to it than just the legalization movement. But I just 
it, it's one of those things where you just start seeing these like baby steps being taken that we, we're heading down these roads. And do we realize the long-term ramifications of it, not only on our youth, but also on our productivity, ec our economic framework, stabilization, on social unrest in the country? Is it, all these things going to feed one another and just create just a situation where we we get distracted. And I think that feeds into a lot of, you know, what for the Russians, Chinese and, and our adversaries over overseas are looking to do is undercut the society from within. You know, they did that in the elections with propaganda. They were able to kind of, you know, really have us going after one another. Fentanyl is just one of those other things where people are like, oh yeah, that's somebody else's problem, but it really isn't. And it's really touching every aspect of our country and other countries are feeding into it from the from the south border, from the northern border, and getting it across, uh, getting into the into the country and lacing regular drugs. It's just, it, it's um, it's frightening, and it's one of those things we need to wake up to it, and we need to start taking really a, real severe action, and we need to like draw a line in the sand. I think for countries, the Chinese are really well known for this, right? And and they're working with the Mexicans. There, there's got to be some kind of like you know, reaction or just consequences to, to these kinds of support. why so why won't they close okay two questions on this how so you you're saying that these other nation states china russia all these other countries that want us to go down the tubes are like encouraging and funding and all of this pouring of fentanyl across the border mm -hmm. yeah well i mean the chinese in particular have been sending chemicals to latin america to the mexican cartels and then they, they're producing it or they're sending the actual fentanyl to the mexican cartels who are getting it across the border so they're just exacerbating the whole situation and then again it feeds it feeds their agenda which is you know they want to become the player the international player and it, and it undercuts us from within it really, and we lose our focus. We, we can't do, you know, you can only do so many things at one time. And if we're more worried about our society collapsing on itself, domestic violence, you know, religious extremist violence, and some of that being fed by fentanyl, I mean, that it's just, it continues. We're going to be really in a difficult place. Um, well, we're already you, in a difficult place. And what do you see like tying in is obviously me that knows kind of nothing about international issues to your level, obviously. Um, what do you think about this whole movement? These parents are suing TikTok over their kid being able to get drugs basically like to go that they like delivered them to this kid via TikTok and then TikTok being owned by China, I think. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, all like all platform. tied together? Well, look, be, be a better parent, like first of all. Like, like, no, honestly, right? I mean, look, if you don't like your kid being on TikTok or you don't know what he's doing or she's doing, get, you know, wake up and start figuring it out. And yeah, it's hard, right? You know, I have children you don't too. have TikTok on your phone. Your kids don't have TikTok, do they? I mean, you're not a TikTok no. fan. No, I, my, my kids don't do a lot of social media. It's more Xbox stuff. And, and yeah. but there's, there's ways on there as well. But look, it's honestly, okay, we get rid of TikTok. They're going to create something called tactic or something. And then we got to deal with that. Right. And then we have to have, well, yeah, exactly. But no, but that really, so, and we've had these discussions all along face from Facebook to Instagram, to Snapchat and how dangerous they all are. And, and they can lead kids to do all these different things. And now TikTok is doing these TikTok uh, challenges and things. Oh yeah. For kids and us, which, Eat are, a which are pod and see if you die. Great. But look, when, when I was a, when I was a kid, I think it was when I was a kid, there was that one that was over like, 
on a movie there was these kids that were laying on the lines on the highway and and the cars were going by and that was like a that was like one of those challenges look it's not it's not exclusive to this generation what you have to do though is as a parent you have to be more active in your kid's life to be able to understand what it is put limits on it and under and let them understand it and and then they're going to go to extremes i think but I'm not saying we're wasting our time because yeah, it's the Chinese do leverage, you know, their, their abilities with technology, Huawei, TikTok and things, you know, to, to kind of exploit the problems we already have. But I would say the first step in all this is wake up as a parent. Don't just don't assume that it's somebody else's job. It's the government's job to get rid of TikTok. And so then everybody will be safe and good again. And we'll go back and let it come by and hugging trees. That isn't how it works. Get involved. I, that's, yeah. That's, I, that's, so I downloaded that, um, app bark on my kids you can do you have you heard of this this is just a personal psa for all the parents out there like if you so bark is something that monitors all the social media use from every device that your kid has and it alerts you if there's anything that's like to deal with suicide or drugs or um violence like you know my kid's 11 she watched some video where this dog was doing something and I got an alert that it was violent. And then I looked, I was like, okay, it's like a dog, but still it's a real, that's, that's a practical thing parents can do. Yeah. Well, and then also to teach children how others exploit those platforms, you know, for, for the, against them. So that they're aware of what's going on, that we don't have to keep them in this cocoon of, you know, Oh, you're everything's safe with mommy and daddy. I mean, unfortunately, now the world's a much more complicated place. There's a lot more uh, domestic uh, extremism going on, influencing through through social media and whatnot, through video games, through a lot of things, right? So I think we need to teach kids from a younger age, like where the threats are, what, you know, how to be, I hate to say cynical, but somewhat cynical and to be, you know, smart consumers, so to speak, of these platforms so that they just don't take things at face value. And then you can have discussions around dinner tables. It's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that society's gone in these directions. And I don't think there's no, there's no panacea to any of this. It's just one family at a time, I think, and one parent at a time raising their hands and saying, okay, tell me what you're doing on social media. You know, and it's struggle. I talk to my kids about it and you know, even my 20 year old, and it's hard. Right. And because they, they want their privacy, give me my phone. Like, boy, you really want to like drive a kid crazy, take their phone. Yeah. Right. They'll just yeah. lose their minds. It's like, what the hell's on there? Like, it's like some launch codes for the nuclear you know, weapons or something. Um, but so back I think to the that's, that's where it's like when you think about this audience, right? Retailers being like, okay, like, what is there? And I, you know, obviously nothing specific that retailers are like, oh, there's what we could do to stop this. But I guess when you think about its impact, you talked to you talked about the economy, right? Like eating ourselves from within, like, what is the impact re- retailers need to be thinking about? Is it in the labor market? Is it a yeah. supply chain? Is it it's everything? Well, I think it's on, on, the, on the labor market for one, because a lot of the people that work at your stores are young. Right. And so what we're talking about, they're all into social media and whatnot, and maybe having discussions with them or bringing in experts to talk to them about some of the threats that that are present on social media and then giving them a venue where they can express it. Like maybe they don't want to tell their parents what's going on, but they can talk to somebody at at work about, look, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing this, you know, Jimmy over here has been really quiet lately and I'm not sure what's going on is, you know, maybe he's being influenced by somebody or he's been seeing some things on online from, 
radical groups or whatnot and that's it's triggered something inside of him i mean yeah. you know this conference i'm at right now they're, they're talking about the threats from counterterrorism, and one of the things they're saying is it's harder to it's harder to identify these threats because what's happening is people are going from radicalization to mobilization quicker and they're not really sure what's setting people off and a lot of these young people they're they're just intrinsically violent and they're seizing on anything or it, it, it may just press a button in them and then take them in some different directions. And we've seen, I mean, it, these mass shootings are not slowing down at all. And if anything, they're speeding up. And so that's, that's going to be a trend that we're going to be dealing with for the, you know, for years. You know, so it's, it's identifying, helping your employees identify behaviors yeah. of suspicion, like yeah. change in behavior, which really is awareness folks. I didn't do the plug. John did it for me. You know, that's what we do. Our My company does awareness for retailers. Yeah. But back to it, though, for real, it's I, it's teaching your employees what to actually look for, right? And that yeah. change in behavior, that change in attitude, like that, is that part of what the conference is talking about? Yeah. Is these behaviors yeah, well, of people? Exactly. Trying to, trying to figure out what the behaviors are, trying just communications too. Have, yeah. Communicating with your people. It's not going to resonate. Look, you're not going to get a bunch of 16 or 18 year old kids all of a sudden go, hey, that's a great idea. Right? Like, like they're not going to do <laughs> Let that. Let me right? tell you what's going on with Susie <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, but it may trigger some things. Maybe it creates even maybe a small community of sorts. Yeah. Like a, cul them. a culture of open door, we're all a family. Nobody wants anybody coming in here shooting the place up. Exactly. You know, and then and to be aware that these threats can happen anywhere, because oftentimes I think at this point, a lot of these shootings are white noise. You know, it's like, oh, my God, isn't that horrible? Isn't that horrible? Isn't that? And you're trying. I mean, I'm trying to tra track them all. I mean, it's it's a, you almost can't, you yeah. know, because they just keep happening so frequently and it becomes, oh, my God, that's horrible. And it's but it's not my town. So we're safe. You know, but yeah. I mean, but Sandy Hook, like, the, like the, you know, the, all these places, no one would ever have thought these things were going to happen in those locations. But I think there's still that, well, it's, it's somebody else's problem uh, to a big degree. So I think for your, you know, for the, the, the retailers and whatnot, I think, you know, it's, it's an opportunity actually to talk to your, to your people, create loyalty too, because that you've been there for them. And yeah. then to keep, keep eyes and ears open to possible threats, because these are the targets, you know, supermarkets and restaurants and things like that are, are the things that people are looking for. We always thought years ago, I mean, imagine if, you know, people start going in with guns to supermarkets and the, or Walmarts and, and um, fast food restaurants. What impact is that going to have? You go to four or five Wal you know, f retailers or something around the country you shut down, you shut down a commerce, right, from those kinds of things. So yeah. I think it's, um, it, it doesn't take a huge investment. Uh, by retailers to do this, but it takes some effort and focus on it. And I think there's something there, you know, in the supply chain, that's going to continue to be, I mean, look, as the economies get worse, um, you know, and, and the struggles between the U S and China are going to grow over the, over probably the next couple of years, then that gets weaponized. So just having in the back, back of your mind, the ability to be, to have other options, you know, so would you say if if retailers on the phone have like big operations, supply chains, manufacturing, all that kind of stuff, like in China, I heard of this one that I talked to said that it was in China and now they moved it to Taiwan yep. because of all this going on. Like, is that a suggestion? Well, moving it, I don't know if moving it to Taiwan is the solution, but moving it to maybe Vietnam and India, a lot of companies are doing that. 
they're because they don't want to be anywhere near the potential China Taiwan issue. Yeah. Um, so they're so they're looking at other locations, you know, Indonesia and you know that where they can get cheap labor, they where they can get good resources, consistent infrastructure. Uh, you know, the Indians are pushing huge in that, and the Vietnamese are, and so those are some options. You know, if you're just thinking about that now, you're you're, you're a little bit behind the curve. But you, but I, it probably still... takes a while to do something like that. Well, it does <laughs> uh, to set up the infrastructure for that and to re reorient things. And you know, I think you want to be careful too, because you don't want to you know bite off your nose in spite of your face kind of thing. Um, because then you know, if, if the Chinese see that, are they going to have a what kind of ramifications is that going to have on you and your firm in China? Um, so there's, there's a lot of thinking that needs to go through with that, but it's something you need to start, you know, if you're a retailer and you, and that's your thing, you need to start thinking about it. I was talking to a guy in Boston, he's a chip, they need chips for, for their medical device. And they're like, we do not want to be in China. We rely on China and Taiwan a great deal, but we need to start looking elsewhere. And the sooner you get in there, the, you know, he's, his problem is he's got a billion dollar company, you know, it's doing great, but he's competing against car manufacturers and all these things that are multi, multiple times bigger than his firm. So the question is, is he going to be, is, can he compete with Ford and General Motors and Honda, whoever it is to get the chips? And so getting in there, making sure you have the right partnerships as soon as possible is really key. Like people on the inside. Like exactly. You. Like me, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but no, but no, but seriously, I, I, seriously we have been trying like to, yeah. we've been trying to help him. You know, we're trying to help him on that front. Yeah. You know, and, and looking for opportunities because there's a lot of more interest in being able to do some of that stuff. Um, you know, in the near term, of being expanding capacity. I think internationally, there's a lot, a lot of money that wants to invest in those kinds of things. So partnering the right people up is is not a bad. This is a good time to be thinking about it. Let's talk about the election. I'm kind of a political nerd. Like I like watching it all. I love I yeah. love watching debates and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I'm getting a little like, yeah, just because it's it's like almost like Real Housewives of Washington, except they're <laughs> dudes and they're like politicians. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on? Like, let's start Republican Party. We talked about the Democrats last time when I was like, what the hell? Like they don't have yeah. a, or maybe that was off camera. I was like, they don't have another <laughs> candidate. I don't understand. Don't yeah. send me hate tweets because I won't read them. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so DeSantis is in now. That's yep. a new development. Yep. Why are all these other people in there? Haley and. Uh, well, a lot of times well, they uh, it's um, uh, uh, what's his name? There's Tim. Uh, yeah, yeah um, Tim Scott. Tim Scott's. And yeah. there's a couple and there's a couple other a couple folks. Others, that are the... the businessman, the big yep. businessman dude. I mean, so what? It's really just between Trump and DeSantis, right? I mean, what are these well, other looking, people doing? They're hoping for like so. an appointment. It, well, I mean, they're, they, they're setting the groundwork to run potentially later. Like Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are really young, right? They're in their, I think, late 40s, probably, early 50s at that. So they're, they're trying to set a base and a foundation to run at a later time. Now, you never know. Like, no one would have expected Obama to win. Obama had, had like... He did half a half a term as a senator, and then all of a sudden he became president. Right? He took off. Clinton was the same way. He does his candidacy took off after some time. We're still really early in this whole thing. So one of them could could get some traction. I mean, and DeSantis could implode on himself. You know, Trump could implode on himself. I don't know. And then, I, like then he's like be? he's like a Barbie doll. Him and his wife, they're they're like, you know, I don't. Oh, know. Other than the tw uh, yeah, other than the Twitter thing not working out, which was. 
funny. Uh, it was funny. It was kind of funny. And I, I'm apolitical too, people. So just relax. Yeah. I think the point is, um, it's weird though. When you say it's early, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what are you hearing? Like, is Trump all pissed off? Like the DeSantis is in and now they're all like fighting and stuff. No, I mean, I think there was an expectation on Trump's side that he was because DeSantis was going to be in there. But Trump, he looks at the polls and on the polls, he's doing great. Right. And so as long as he's doing well in the polls and he's just going to take pot shots at DeSantis and he's going to he doesn't really need to focus on Nikki Haley and Tim Scott at this point because they're really not a threat to him. Everyone's saying that, you know, DeSantis is the biggest threat to him, which he is. Um, so how that plays out is is we'll see how that goes. I mean, you had the indictments and there's there's still, I think, three more to come and, um, you know, against Trump. And he got a really big boost, the last one that came out when Bragg went after him. So then the question is, is the next one going to give him the same boost? You know, and then he's got his loyalists. But, you know, what's what's going to happen? What I'm hearing is that there's there's a growing malaise on Trump. People are getting tired of it, even though not people right around him, but others that they're just like, you know, enough is enough. Like we can't. I I don't have the energy <laughs> to be able to deal with, you know, the daily tweets and, and the uncertainty again, even though they, they think a lot of people prefer that to the uncertainty around Biden and, and his age and, and his capacity, you know, to be able to be functioning and 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 be there, you know, all so that. So tell me your opinion on why Hillary Clinton says that Biden's age is an issue. She didn't have to say that, but she did. What's her yeah. story? She going to come out and she's going to like, I don't think so. I don't think, I think she's done. I mean, because there's, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot more concern there about what was going on in the foundation and the activities that her and her husband were up to for a period of time. So I think that's a huge, that's an issue that I think they just don't want to open that candle, you know, can of worms up. Um, but his, his age, I mean, it does have an impact and I think she's right in that regard. I mean, if you if you can't, if, if your mental capacity gets limited by age, can you really be the ruler of the most powerful country in the world? Like, I'm not trying to say he's a bad guy, a bad leader or anything like that. It's just, a, it's just a question. And I think that's where that issue you know, came up from. Both parties need younger people. Like Trump's almost 82. Well, DeSantis I, is my age, for God's sake. Isn't he? Exactly. He's mid-40s. You, you should be president. I so, should. If DeSantis could, I mean, but, we have the same pedigree, essentially. I mean, exactly. what is he, Harvard-educated, like military man? or I don't know. You're better it, than that. So, I, I mean, really, if we're comparing. Go ahead. Exactly. But but we you know but you really do I mean like on the international stage you do need somebody younger I mean to to be able to to you know take the country to the next level, and we've been holding on to the past essentially and like it's it's people's rights to be in these positions and and that's really not the case and I think that probably goes to some of what Hillary's talking about which is you know can it, we're getting to that point where we need we need new leadership and which is ironic coming from her. Well, you know, I mean, exactly. Well, I mean, she and she, well, but she also positions herself as the elder statesman of sorts, right? Moving forward and the go-to person for a lot of that stuff. Remember, you know, Kissinger's a hundred years old, right? And he's the go-to guy for a lot of people. And he's, I mean, God bless him, but like, I don't know how much you know more time he has. So maybe she's doing that. It's, but on the democratic side of the house, there, there's really not a lot of leadership, um, you know, and you can't go after Biden because, you can't undercut a sitting president and then nobody wants Kamala to be, you know, to, to inherit the mantle. 
which really causes a lot of problems. There was some talk about Michelle Obama. There was talk about that. Exactly. That, that she pops up a lot. Um, I think she went. She probably well. She at least get the nomination. Probably yeah. it, it put look, but then you you run the risk of really causing rifts in the party. Um, Would they care if they got the presidency though? I mean, I you know, it's like, or they they must really think that Trump will be the nominee and Biden will beat Trump. Right now, that's what they want. Right, that's the whole purpose of I think the whole strategy is, and the reason of these indictments aren't being rolled out. Boom, 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 boom is like just over time you you keep rolling them out, and oh my God, you know his, his base goes crazy, Trump's base goes goes crazy, and they support him. So they knew that would happen. I think they they well I think the first one was a test to see how it would go, um, but yeah, it worked perfectly if you think about it. And so then what are you going to do? Right. I mean, is it is our people really going to as as Trump's doing you know, strongly in the polls are, are is there enough sentiment against him to then push him out? I mean, he doesn't seem to care about these 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 indictments at all. And then also you just had the one with the rape that, you know, and, and the woman won. She won civil charge, you know, a civil uh, uh, settlement. Yeah, that's even in. You know, I thought maybe that could have some negative blowback on him. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it, he, he continues to not sail along, but, you know, I think it's, I think what DeSantis is trying to do and others are trying to do is put little wedges in there to say, do we really want to have this again? Do we really want to deal with all this crazy again? You know, no, we don't. We need to move on to a new generation and whatnot. And I think DeSantis is also hopeful that people on the Democratic side of the house um, who are marginal players, maybe more leaning towards independence would go towards his direction because again he's not 82 years old and that people the people that are you know have, have expressed sentiments that they're worried about you know the president's mental um, facilities would say you know what i think we're better off with DeSantis. i may not agree with him on all his policies but at least you know we've got young people coming in he'll have a new leadership team you know he's got really good people behind him blah 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 I think that's that's kind of his strategy, at least at the, for the time being. But you know, no one's getting, no one's like jumping under the the Trump bus. Nobody wants to get run over. Um, so you know, I, I think you'll see, you know, DeSantis responding, throwing out little barbs here, or there, trying to bait Trump as he can. But that's dangerous too, because Trump is a master at that, right? And he just spins it. He just says nonsense, you know, and then everybody has to react to it. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time period. I think. It, nothing's going to shape up until probably six months before the election anyway. Um, yeah, because so that, I think, that... you know, the retailers listening and why we're talking about the election is not just because I'm a political nerd and I love, I can talk about politics and the inner workings of Washington all day long, but more importantly to know what should retailers be preparing for, right? Because what happened last time is, you know, bedlam, right? Because you got half the country completely pissed off. You got the other half happy. And then it's like, rioting and looting and all kinds of protests and all the stuff that these retailers that are listening have to deal with. So trying to give them some type of workup timeline to what's going to happen, what they should be prepared for and, and when, right. Cause I don't think, especially if Trump is the, I mean, when do you guys predict social unrest around election times? Like if, if Trump is elected the primary person or what? I mean, look, if he's if he's not, you could have social unrest because all of his supporters then are pushing back against, you know, the other parts of the Republican Party. You know, to me, you know, trying to project or predict 
social unrest is is you might as well throw a dart against you know uh, uh the wall and go the, play 33 on the uh Relentless. Yeah, exactly. That's what I actually I did that yesterday. And I lost. Um, <laughs> don't tell don't tell Marie. But like the um, although she's going to listen to this anyway. Yeah. But the uh, <laughs> sorry, Marie. Whoop, whoops. Um, but I think what you have to think about too is are some of the secondary issues around social unrest. So um, you know the the ability of police to respond. And I think that's gotten steadily worse over time. Police are not responding as quickly as they once did. The, the police forces are like at historic lows on, on numbers, right? They're hurting. Retention is really low. People just don't want to de deal with it. Um, and so how will that also impact on it? I think if you're looking at a time frame, you know, again, you want to see what happens in, in the primaries in November. So if, if Trump wins, um, you know, that, not, that's not going to do away with any potential social unrest, but that will empower some of these folks that that are around him uh, potentially to do things later. I, I don't really see that as an issue. I think the police have done a great job in trying to understand these groups and get into them. But can they respond to it? The George Floyd violence, I don't think we're going to see that again. We've had some police shootings um, since George Floyd. And they haven't evinced a reaction like we saw before. But you can't you have to pay attention to that as well in your neighborhoods and your where your stores are. You know what's going to be the reaction in some of these areas if there is a police shooting of somebody. You know, especially if it's a white police officer and a black person, or or somebody of, of other color or other, you know, a racial or ethnic backgrounds. Um, you know, and that's so that's these are you know projecting that I think we'll be in a better place probably six months out from the general election too, knowing where things are trending. Uh, because there's going to be a host of other issues happening. I mean, look, things in Russia with Ukraine, things in China with Taiwan, the economy, um, you know, again, are we going to have another uh, potential pandemic, right? There's discussion now, um, and it's, it doesn't seem to be trending that way, but there's, I've just heard some words uh, from a friend of mine, H1N5, right? So it's, I feel like we're like numbering like iPhones here, right? So it's like, that is is a bird flu. And it hasn't really spread to people yet. It's, it seems to be in some very generic, you know, very isolated areas. And they're not really overly concerned about that, but it's really wiping out birds. So will that have an impact on the price and the availability of chicken and food and things like that, which could then affect your, your, uh, your folks, you know, especially those in the grocery or like, you know, like, you know, fast food restaurants that have that count on uh, chicken and, and other kinds of poultry, uh, you know, in a big way. So, so there's is, a lot. What, you can't just throw that out, John, and then keep talking. I mean, you know, a I probable, probable Elvis, like yeah. next pandemic, everybody goes, Elvis. oh, God. But you're just right. saying like. Well, the, the, the issue on the pandemic stuff is like no one we haven't really done anything to address it. Right. We haven't really taken any steps. Basically, what we've done is we've said, okay, we're done. You know, COVID's done. Yay, yay, yay. Right. And nobody needs any shots anymore. And all, and we're back to normal. Right. And I don't think that the preparation, all the things that you need to have in place to deal with it, I think there's such a resistance in society now. If you, if, if we had another big one that hit, like let's say something popped up, do you think people would like go to their homes and hunker down? And, oh, hell no. no yeah, right? I don't think so. So how do you deal with that? And I think those those are issues that I don't think we've come to grips with because politically nobody wants to deal with it. You know that's why when I was talking to you know, this guy about you know, H1N5, 
um, I said, you know, are, you know, we are we looking at another pandemic? He said, no. He said, you know, again, it's not, it doesn't, hasn't really shown the ability to really, you know, spread amongst people at least, you know, as far as we've seen it. But start worrying about chicken, you know, and and poultry because it's wiping out the birds, and and that will have an impact on markets. So, you know, I guess if I was looking at supply chain, I would start thinking, okay. How do I factor this in? Maybe do a little bit more digging on on you know what I'm talking about here. Do some do some research to see if it's going to have an impact on on your markets or the, the producers that you have where you get your product from. So, I mean, so where so, does it originate? I think it's China. Again, I, I've got to do a little, of course, right? So, yep. What I find <laughs> hilarious was that we spent, I guess, taxpayer money trying to investigate where COVID came from. When everybody with their right brain in their mind knew that it was complete bullshit that it jumped from some monkey in a meat bar, unless you believe that, to like a human. That's ridiculous. Everyone goes, everyone's like, wait, wait. So there was a bio disease viral lab right down the right down the corner. But no, no, no. It was right over here in this meat market. Come on. The fact that we even like investigated that was that all that's all just like a pointing finger blame game situation. Yeah. Well, if you could just get fresh bat, you know, in China these days, then I think all the problems of the world would be solved. I think it just goes to the fact that the the bat meat isn't as fresh as it should be. Mm. No, I mean, it's we, you know, we chase this stuff down. And and I think, you know, the people that do it, you know, do it with the right intentions, you know, try to figure out where this stuff's coming from. But it doesn't really help at the end of the day and yeah, then we start yeah. having these and then two years three years into it where you know there's a you know news break you know that covid actually started in a lab in china Ooh, like and there I, was remember, like, I, I was literally going duh like what how is this news like we all yeah. knew that the very the very day they're putting us in lockdown when they go well we don't know it's a, like okay no. anyway so, so i click. guess one question is would you say that retailers should have their stockpile of mass or we're not don't don't plan like that because that people would look at you like you're nuts no I, I don't think you need to have that i mean i think we we all know i think there's plans that people have come up with you know during covid that just don't forget them right i don't think you again have i don't think ready. we're going to be have, have have be ready for all like various eventualities like again the social unrest piece i think you want to ha start having discussions about that internally um, now, I mean, it, I don't yes. think it, it, it doesn't hurt to start having those discussions and prepare for it and talking to your local police and your law, law enforcement. Are they prepared to be able to be responsive to things? I think a lot of folks probably know already the answers to that because they have, the, I mean, the rates of crime have gone up and burglaries and, and how they responded to things. So understanding those kind of second order issues around the margins of it uh, and being prepared for that and doesn't and doesn't necessarily have to cost you anything. Right. You don't have to have guards on your on your gate, you know, or whatever right away, but to have the ability to reach out if you need that in an immediate basis to understand where the threats are having, you know, uh, you know, just kind of general assessments about what's going on in various towns and, and tracking trends, I think is just as important at this. Well, point. and if your strategy is to watch the news, like that's probably not the best strategy, right? Because you you need, I would say like if, if it was me in that VP position, I would want somebody on the inside like yourself that could give us like the heads up before everybody else knows, right? Yeah. I mean- well if it's in the news and it's it's already, it's old, it's old right? So, yeah. and it's, and it doesn't, I mean, 
it helps you because you can still, re I mean, fortunately we're not in, in, in the middle of a bad situation at this point yet, but, and, and hopefully we won't be, but again, it never hurts to be prepared for it. And I think yeah, having discussions, wh whether it's with me or somebody, somebody else who's knowledgeable, the area you're in and the trends that are going in place. And then also where your, where your supply chains linked to other countries you're operating in, how, how is that going to impact on, on things you're, you're working on all of that? It, it, it's not wasted effort and it's, and it's not, and I know, you know, budgets are tight and everyone's really concerned about things like that, but it doesn't have to cost you much at all to be able to at least have the frameworks in place. Um, and then if you have to turn it on, you have the person to call, you know, exactly who to talk to, you know, what to do and you can get the responses you need to keep your plates, your, your facilities, your infrastructure, your people, everything safe. That's, okay. That's, we got to wrap that's... this up, but I've got to ask you one question. Are we heading into a recession? Um, I'm not an economist, <laughs> uh, but I everything I'm hearing is, yeah, we, we are heading into a recession. So, but the question is how bad of a recession is it going to be? Yeah, I, I heard, already, I heard I mostly it's like mild-ish. Well, we can't be self-fulfilling prophecy, John. I, you're supposed to say no. No, no, we're not going to go into a recession. <laughs> no, Absolutely for real. Not. Actually... I, I, my, yeah, my 401k can't handle it. So no, it's not going to happen. No, look, I, I think it just depends on how bad it's going to be. Yeah. Ex I, well, the question to me is, are we already in one? Like, and you start to see already, you know, budgets are strained at companies. You know, it's, there's tons of jobs out there, but there's more layoffs coming and more, lots of layoffs happening in New York, for instance, at, at a lot of the big cities, you know, the big banks and the financial institutions. To me, those aren't indications of, you know, that we're, we're up for a revival here, like it, that, that we're probably in the middle of something and we just haven't realized it yet or we don't want to realize it. A lot of times that's what it is, too. People hear recession and then everyone freaks out. I think the markets of property already you know, put that in. You know, it's already built into stuff. That's why we're not seeing huge reactions on, in the stock market. So things. we're already in it and now we're coming. It's coming out of it. We're in it and it's we're coming out. Of it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. At some, at some point. <laughs> it's at some point, exactly. Soon. <laughs> oh, well, if you weren't news on again. board with the mass suicide, you might be now. Just give us a call, Amber and John, here at In Other News. Just kidding. <laughs> We're just trying to prepare everyone for whatever, because enjoy your life. Every day is a gift. See, yeah. we're well, ending on an up note. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's uncertain, but it's 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 a it's a, a, a manageable uncertainty. I yes, I like that. We're all alive still, so let's be happy about that. Wow. If that's how we're ending really this, low. I'm not sure. It's a far as low. Sure people are going to tune back in, but we will give you it straight here on the unscripted side of LP. And now my camera's fuzzy, so that works out. So. Instead of these connection issues, there we go. Um, John Franchi, thank you so much. Thank you. For thank stepping you. into the Talk LP Hot Seat series and other news. We look forward to having you back because although you are not Johnny Sunshine, which I appreciate, we're getting our audience prepared for whatever, for whatever may come, right? Next time it's all going to be positive. I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be rainbows and unicorns and I'm going to get puppies and kittens. That's what I'm going to bring. Well, all right. You better do it from your house. You have to have a little puppy. And as you're telling us that, you know, China's taking over, but no, seriously, this is about pre preparedness. And I think that we are, we're hitting the mark. I appreciate it. John Franchi's contact information will be in 
the show notes because if you need an inside guy, he's your guy. I don't know which side you'll be on, but anyway, thank you so much, guys. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Uh, download the Talk LP News app if you haven't. You're really missing out. Number one, uh, and hey, check out Apex coming up in September. Retail executives. Request your invitation on the website, apexretailconference.com. Thanks, John Francie. See you guys. Thank you.